Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show you that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're glad you joined us here for the conversation as we're challenged from the book of 1 Samuel to let God lead. Now let's hear what Kurt has to say. Welcome back, friends, to our foray through the 30th chapter of the book of 1 Samuel. We're nearing the end of the book, and we're in an an exciting story. Uh, The story started out really, really negative. David and his men have returned to a city uh, that has been destroyed. Their families have been kidnapped. David has faced execution at the hands of his own men. But all of that has changed as he has encouraged himself in the Lord. He has sought an answer from God. God has given a delightful promise And now David is kind of reestablishing an attitude among the people that we can trust God. And this is a a testimony, uh, John, that people that had no faith in their leader just a moment ago see now a leader who has sought God, a leader who has been communicated to by God, and obviously whose faith is so authentic Mm -hmm that they're willing now to follow him again. That is a great point about leadership, how the leaders need to be real in their walk with God. And if a person is walking with God and being authentic in their relationship with God, that will be evident to those who are around them whom God is using that leader to minister to. God had given David a command, pursue, and you're going to recover. And the very next verse shows David obeying immediately. So David went, this is verse 9 of chapter 30, So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. So these men had traveled with David already to what they thought would be a battle with the Philistines. They had been relieved of their duty took them three days to get home. So they've been marching and traveling for a long time. They've dealt with the depression and the emotion of having lost their families. And now they're pursuing after the Amalekites. And one third of David's troops are so tired that they can't go another inch. It is a great reminder to us that these men are just wiped out, literally. And these were not weak men. I mean, these were men who had been on the run a lot with David, and they had been fighting with David uh, the past 16 months as they have been in the land of Philistia. They have been, you know, attacking different peoples. And so these men who are, are warriors, but you're right, they are just worn out. They cannot go on any further, and so they're going to stay here. And I love the lessons we're going to learn in this chapter here about teams working together. So David doesn't have any specific direction from God. He has a general command, and the general command is pursue. Go after them. All David knows at this point is they went that away. They went in that direction. But David doesn't stay and say, well, God, I need a little bit more than that. Okay, Kind of give me their GPS location. Give me a strategy. Tell me how we're going to find them. Tell me where the mile markers are. If we did that with God's will in our lives, we would never go anywhere. Uh, Abram was told of God, hey, go to a land I will show you. I'll tell you when to stop. A land that I will show thee of. 
Our job is not to figure out all the the details about how God's going to lead. Our job is to obey the big command. So whether that be go and teach all nations, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, that's our command. That's our commission as a local church. Let's do that. As we do that, God's going to give us direction in the doing. And that reminds us how God does lead us, you know, step by step, day by day. Some people like to know, for the next five years, what does God have for me? Well, as you mentioned, God doesn't always give us all the details, but God wants us to live by faith. And part of that living by faith is just trusting God day by day, moment by moment, that God will give us wisdom, what we ought to be doing. And I think how the Bible tells us the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If a person wants to follow God and wants to walk with God, God will give that individual direction. And the direction that God gives is so unique. Every life is unique. Every walk with God is different. And the way by which God led them in this passage is just, it it makes me smile every time. Watch it here in verse number 11. So they found an Egyptian in the field. They brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat. They, They made him drink water. They gave him a piece of a cake of figs. Got to give him some sugar, right? Two clusters of raisins. When he had eaten, his spirit came again to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. Now, you might be able to go without food for a longer period of time, but if you go three days without water in a desert environment, you're at the, you're at the point of death. So this man was at the point of death. What happened? Well, look at verse 13. David said unto him, to whom belongest thou? And whence art thou? He said, I'm a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me because three days had gone, I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south of the Kirathites, upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. So, wow, ding, 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 ding. Uh, David has scored. They have found this man, slave man, left for dead. And once they've fed him and he's been revived, he's going to give them directions about what happened, who did it, where they went. I mean, this is a treasure trove. It certainly is. It is amazing to see how God does work. Now, I suspect when David took off and left that area to go... to go pursue the Amalekites, he never dreamed that they would come across some servant of an Amalekite who'd been left for dead. As you mentioned earlier, it is just great to see how God works in life. God works in unusual ways, in ways off we never even anticipate, but God will guide us as we follow him. There was no indication necessarily that they would get good information out of this man, but they were merciful nonetheless. Uh, They were kind to this man nonetheless. And in that kindness and in that mercy, they received a blessing that they probably could not have even imagined they would receive, that they would have this man to tell them all the information they needed. Interestingly, the master of this servant had just discarded him as if he were mere property. And maybe one of the reasons, John, that this man was discarded is they've got a whole new cadre of slaves. They just stole all of these kids and these women from David. So no doubt they're thinking, you don't, I don't need you anymore. And is that not just like the world? 
to use somebody, abuse somebody, and then throw them out when they're no longer needed. That's exactly right. We find that time and again throughout the Word of God. We find it time and again throughout throughout the history. How that is how the world deals with people. And, you know, chew them up, spit them out. That's how Satan, who has come to kill, steal, and destroy, that's how he deals with people. But I think in stark contrast to that, how the book of Proverbs reminds us that to the righteous man, you know, the righteous man regardeth the life of his beast. Even his animal, his beast, a righteous man will look after that animal, take care of it. But here, I'm sure you're right. The Malachi have all kinds of people now. We don't need this guy. He's he's just a burden upon us. Let's just discard him and go on. Oh, how differently Satan treats people from how Jesus Christ treats people. And what a great example of our David, the Lord Jesus, how that when we were left on the roadside of life, uh, when we were at our end, when we were discarded by those that could no longer use us anymore, when we were of no value, you know, our David rescued us. And uh, that's a great picture of salvation. Verse number 15, David said to him, canst thou bring me down to this company? Well, can you lead me to these people? And he said, swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. So this guy is shrewd. He goes, well, yeah, I can help you, but what's in it for me? I mean, promise me you're not going to kill me and promise me that you're not going to put me back to that guy that left me for dead. You know what I find here is I find this is a very reasonable request. This man could have said, hey, I want some reward. I want, but he wasn't selfish. He wasn't greedy. He just said, you know, assure me of my well-being and I'd be happy to help. And I think what a great, what a great thing this guy does ask for, as you mentioned. And, you know, this man doesn't know David whatsoever. He doesn't know what David's going to do with him. It would have been much in keeping with the people that did have him, the Amalekites, that they would have treated him poorly, as we already have seen that. This man does not know the heart of David, that David, as a general rule, does not treat people poorly just to treat them poorly. And this man does make a reasonable request, as you mentioned. It is ironic that David has, in the last 16 months, done some pretty heinous things in this very area. But it seems as if this brush with death, this rebellion potentially from his people, this encouragement he's received in the Lord has already kind of retooled David. We see the old David emerging, don't we? We certainly do. He acts now like he had been before, where he is having mercy and kindness to those who are around him. Let's read verse uh, number uh, 16. And when he had brought him down, so the man obeys, and he's leading the, the David and the 400. Behold, they were spread abroad, the Amalekites were. They were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. So when they finally do catch up with the Amalekites, they catch them in full party mode. They just feel as if they have invaded with impunity. They don't, nothing's going to happen to them. They're safe. They're just kind of drinking in the spoils of war. They are completely unsuspecting 
to uh, David and his men coming upon them. You know, the Amalekites think, well, the Philistines, their men are all gone and they're going to go fight the Israelites. Israelites, they're all, their men are all gone. And so I'm sure they feel, have felt confident when they came and attacked the southern area of Israel and the land area of the Philistines. They felt com- comfortable because the soldiers were basically all gone. Little did they know that David and his men were coming back and they're totally unprepared what's going to happen. They are at ease in what they're doing but they are about to see difficult days. Yeah, it's interesting, even ironically, that David had pledged his willingness to help Achish. And in, in essence, he is doing that here because the Philistines have taken, uh, or rather the Amalekites have taken spoil from the Philistines too. And so by dealing with these southern enemies, in essence, he's not only helping himself, but He's helping the Philistines. I'm sure that that wasn't his his purpose, but it is ironic to me that he did. Uh, I, I want to talk about this battle and its aftermath because there's some great lessons here. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it quits for today just because uh, we're going to go into a kind of a new part of the story here in a moment. So l- let, let's do that. Let's stop right now. We'll come back to this passage next episode, and we'll actually even finish the chapter. So I hope you have a great day today. Hope you get a lot done for the Lord, and uh, we will talk to you next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.